the expert vet. I'm Tracy Hotchner here with my co-host Dr. Donna Spector in Chicago who is the expert vet. She's a board certified veterinary internist explaining commonplace and complicated medical conditions in dogs and cats. If you'd like to hear more episodes of this show or any of the pet talk radio shows I co-host with experts please go to radiopetlady.com and visit the podcast libraries. The Expert Vet is a production of Pet Media Inc. and Dr. Donna Spector, which is solely responsible for its content. I also produce the philanthropic New York Cat Film Festival, sponsored by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, and the New York Dog Film Festival, sponsored by the Petco Foundation, which are traveling the country, celebrating the love between people and their pets, while benefiting local animal shelters that bring them together. There's also an on-demand collection of dog-themed films you can download onto any device. More information is at dogfilmfestival.com and catfilmfestival.com. This show is brought to you with the generous support of Waruva, a family-owned pet food company whose owners want to feed their own pets and yours with ingredients that are good enough for people to eat. All the Waruva canned and pouch foods for cats and dogs come in endless varieties to satisfy even the fussiest pets and use the same care and quality ingredients as food for people. The company name exemplifies the Foreman family's embrace of rescuing animals, naming the company after their rescued kitties, W.E. for Webster, R.U. for Rudy, and V.A. for Vanessa. And they are passionate about good nutrition. Their Caloric Harmony dry food for dogs is formulated on the principle of how the body actually utilizes food and the quality of the protein. You'll find Waruva wherever fine natural pet foods are sold. Dr. Donna. I'm back. Well, of course, I'm back. It's our show, The Expert Vet, and you're the expert vet. I'm back to say, well, what about dogs and urinary tract infections and bladder stones? We talked the last time we spoke about cats, which are pretty prone to this. What about pooches? Well, again, you know, usually what what is happening, and I see cases that are referred or, or my own cases in the clinic, is, you know, an, a urine sample gets drawn. And the vet says, Mrs. Smith, there are crystals in Muffy's urine. And, you know, so it's this crystal business that's always, you know, is always a problem. And I can't tell you how many dogs get put on special foods for crystals unnecessarily. Um, Crystals just do not equal disease. Crystals, you know, we've talked about with cats, the similar situation. If you really want to look into a dog's urine and say, does this dog have crystals? First, it has to be looked at inside the clinic within 30 minutes of actually drawing it out of the dog's body within 30 minutes so it has not cooled off very much um, and to see if they really do indeed have significant crystal crystals in their urine. Because but, as the urine cools, it crystallizes. That's its normal process, yeah, that's right? that's what it does. With refrigeration, crystals will actually form. And if the urine pH is acid, they'll make calcium oxalate crystals. And if the, ur- if the urine is more um, alkaline, they'll make struvite crystals. And so once a, a urine has cooled and been refrigerated, all bets for crystal, really true crystal analysis are off. Let me, let me that, just but, interrupt because you said something very interesting about the cats and, and crystals and that the urine is not the same throughout a 24-hour period, that it changes Correct. based on when the cat is eaten and what it is eaten. That's something people don't realize either. No. 
Yeah, and it's really interesting. It's called the alkaline tide, the post-eating alkaline tide. When wow. We, when we eat, when dogs, particularly dogs, whose food is many times very carbohydrate yes, heavy, yes. Um, they will be, develop this extremely alkaline urine within two to three hours. And that's normal. It's just a normal post-eating change that happens in the urine. And then gradually the urine levels will drop. But again, if that's when the urine sample gets taken, well, then you're going to say, whoa, alkaline urine, lots of crystals. Right. But again, crystals in and of themselves do not irritate the bladder lining. They are not toxic to the bladder lining. So dogs with, now, again, and I've, I've said this before, a dog coming in for a healthy wellness checkup who gets a urine sample drawn, and there are a few crystals, compared to a dog who's coming in for straining to urinate, blood in the urine, etc., having true urinary signs, these are two very vastly different populations of dogs. If your dog is coming in for healthy well checkup, they draw a urine sample and there are crystals, the first step is to just look at a fresh sample within 30 minutes, make sure those crystals are still there. However, we don't do anything. We don't recommend You know, we definitely don't recommend special foods or special diets because we know those crystals are not clinically significant to those dogs. And so my Scooby-Doo, my one of my first rescued wimes, was straining to urinate. And Mm -hmm. maybe I, I mean, it's obviously a good thing I took him to the vet. And then he wound up at the ER vet being evaluated because they did an ultrasound of his bladder. Yes. And didn't see stones. As it turned out, he nearly died because the bladder stones were embedded in the bladder wall and right. and, and it was it, that bladder wall the tissue was dying as i yeah. understand it and okay. by the time they figured out to do the surgery he was very touch and go and right. i didn't understand how i as an owner uh, could have done something better or differently i mean straining to urinate is a is a definite sign of needing to do something right away but going to the vet's right. office and being given prescription food that basically makes a dog so thirsty you just have to drink all the time is really not the solution right no right and if again if your dog is going in because there is straining to urinate blood in the urine things in dogs are much more common include bladder stones as well as bladder infections right like bladder infections are not common in cats whatsoever but they are very very common in dogs especially overweight female dogs i mean those that's like the classic dog who gets the uti but bladder stones are very common. And so here's the kicker. In dogs, the most com- you know, one of the most common bladder stones is the struvite stone. So again, you know, people are like, ooh, if there are struvite crystals, then that, then there's going to be a bladder stone made right. of struvite. Right. But this is interesting. The only way a struvite stone will form is if there is bacteria in the urine. Ah. So a dog has to develop a true blue urinary tract infection with a particular bacteria, usually a staph, that creates what's called a, their urease producers. And what happens is those bacteria act on the struvite and they change the pH in the, in the bladder and they change all those little struvite crystals and they will precipitate them all together and make a stone. So is is that a very rare occurrence that No, it's common because urinary tract infections are quite common. How do you how do you get one if you're a dog? I mean, I know that a girl who squats really low like Wanda can get right. an infection cuz she touches the ground pretty much with her vagina, but a boy is lifting his leg. 
Right. And, and boys don't as often get the bladder infections. And so a lot of times boy dogs are more likely to have different types of stones. But dogs that, um, female dogs, just because the, you know, when they defecate, there is a lot of times those bacteria from the gut are on the back end oh, of the dog. Right. They ascend up through the vulva and they just get ascending infections. That's why women are more prone right. than men in the right. human species right. to get you know, it just is the way it is. Not a good, um, not a good plumbing plan, actually. It's not a good plumbing plan. But, but a dog can be stuffed with struvite crystals from sim to stern in that bladder, and if they never develop a, a urinary tract infection, they'll never develop a stone. Wow, that's that's a, okay. that's that's pretty interesting because it means that in those, or it doesn't mean that in those cases, prescribing antibiotics would be a good idea. You you talked when we talked about cats about the terrible waste, right. wastefulness since only 2% of cats actually have an infection. Right. But with a dog, are they almost always given antibiotics when it's proven that they have the infection? Yes. So, in an, again, in an ideal world, the dog comes in who is straining to urinate with blood in the urine, etc. The ideal plan would be to take a sterilely collected urine sample using a needle. So actually obtaining a sterile urine sample you know, evaluating it, do you see white blood cells, do you see red blood cells, is there evidence of bacteria infection, get it cultured, identify what the organism is and use antibiotics appropriately. Right. That is, and so a lot of times people, when the urine sample is collected, it's going out to the lab, they they start the dog on antibiotics pending those results, and that is appropriate. Okay. Dogs, by far and away, are more likely to have infection than cats are, for sure. Um, and then the next step is, if the urine sample comes back negative, there's really no bacteria. There's just there's red blood cells, maybe some white blood cells. The next step would be moving into x-rays because the next step is maybe that the dog has bladder stones already because right. there are many different forms that are not struvite. Um, and so we can look for bladder stones that way. But not all bladder stones show up on x-rays. So As with Scooby-Doo because it didn't show up in the middle of the bladder. It was in the bladder wall. They Right. Didn't so see x-rays slash ultrasound, if the dog is continuing to have signs, but yet, you know, we're not finding anything on the basic urine sample. But what ends up happening a lot of times is, oh, you come in, you're straining, we'll just give you some antibiotics, and if it doesn't take care right. of it, then we'll, you know. So that's, we really should be looking at these urine samples. We should be trying to identify infection and then move on. The next step would be looking for stones, you know, and, and young dogs can get stones, old dogs get stones, everybody gets stones. So it's, and, and there are many, many different types of stones that will happen in certain breeds and, you know, because some of them are genetic defects, you know, in the urinary system. And and do dogs pass bladder stones the way humans yeah. can? They, and, and do we wait can. for them to do that? No, they, they can. Um, most often, though, they're stones... Because by the time we actually see the signs, the stones have gotten to be of a right. size that they are unable to pass. So almost always, you know, if we diagnose stones, we're talking surgery. So yet again, friends and, and family out there, pet insurance, not a cheap surgery. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, not light, I guess, not doesn't take a, a brain surgeon to do it. I guess you're, can your own vet do it or oh, should yeah. it be done by yeah, a, sure. a specialist? Nope. Well, nope. you still need pet insurance. And here's something right. that you're talking about being this common and, and this across the board, all ages of dogs and right. some breeds more than others. I, I didn't realize it was that common. What it about is. food alteration? I know that when Scooby right. had had these pretty scary stones in his case because they were diagnosed a few days later 
He was put on a prescription diet that was, in theory, going to keep him from ever getting those stones again. That's before I learned that that kind of a diet for more than a few weeks or, you know, like a month Mm -hmm. or two can actually create the other kind of stones. What it did with him was that it gave him cellulite. He got so fat on it, Donna, but like horrible fat deposits. Being a Weimaraner, it's like wearing spandex. Mm -hmm. At that point, because I was pretty ignorant and also scared at the time, ignorant of how to really inform myself, it turned out that this RX food, which was the usual $80 a bag, was made of pork fat and brewer's rice. That's all that Mm -hmm. was in it. So Mm -hmm. the dog was basically being, it was was like a fat-producing food. I was very upset. And also something in it to make him thirsty, so he'd drink a lot, which in itself doesn't stop a stone from happening right so, and, and as we said with cats dilution is the solution to right. pollution so increasing their water intake is a huge part of stone prevention in that same breath increasing their water intake but also allowing them you know stone forming dogs that are stone formers should go outside multiple times a day not like right. not morning midday evening i mean they should be going out to pee many times throughout the day so that just those substances that are sitting in the bladder, they're being peed out. Yes. They're not, be, you know, they're being peed out frequently yes. because they're also drinking more. But there are ways that you can feed good quality diets and you can do some pH alteration in dogs. We do tend to do a little more pH alteration with certain like potassium citrate or some other different salts, if you will, um, to try to alter pH and still feed a good high quality protein diet. You know, we always look at supplements to make sure a lot of people are now giving like vitamins or supplements or this or that to make sure there's not extra calcium, magnesium, um, you know, other components that can be put into stones going into the diet. Um, you know, there are certainly some commercially available diets that have lower levels of some of those stone-forming substances than others. So, you know, but again, the purpose of a lot of these these diets, the prescription foods, are to increase water consumption. Well, there are very creative ways we can do that without the necessity of a of a prescription diet. You know, um, free flowing, you know, water fountains and ice chips, and you know, there's a variety of gr- souping up the food and right. Um, you know, there are things that we can do to increase water intake. But then the the next thing is also very important too, which is the urination piece, which again is is really problematic for people who work away from the house. Yes. Especially because a dog can hold his urine for eight hours. But if that urine that has these elements in it sits there, they can get to work if there's bacteria, right? They're all just having a party in there. Right, right. Well, these are all really important things to know. Um, Just a quick question about Balance It, which which makes the supplements Mm -hmm. that that a vet like yourself often turns to for a variety of situations, is while people shouldn't just be randomly giving any old supplement because it sounds good or has nice packaging, do you ever use, is there something that Balance It makes that can go along with either a home-cooked diet or a a very fresh, good-quality diet that, that helps in this department? Oh yeah. I mean they and you can you can formulate, you know, a home cooked recipe right there on their website that allows you to um make certain make certain um changes like I want to have something that's a little lower in calcium or some and you can you can and they'll tell you how much of their scooper to put in there. So yeah, there's definitely very creative ways that we can do that. 
And just a reminder to people, don't be going there on your own and just guessing and throwing a dart at the dartboard, right, Donna? Mm-hmm. You need to right, work right. with a vet who has nutrition knowledge. I mean, if it can be an internist like you, then they're lucky. But other people's everyday vets, some have more of an awareness and an education about nutrition right. and supplementation than others. But it seems right. like it could really help. Well, thank you very much. And um, I guess with the dog situation, unlike the cat one, it's not a question of saying, well, as long as you never do this and always do that, you're on a path to, you know, better prevention. It's really more to be aware if the dog has symptoms, right? Right. And and because um, and particularly infection in the urinary system is a real, is a huge player in the development of right. bladder stones in dogs. And again, Bladder stones and infection are just really a lot more common in dogs than they are in cats. Cats can get those things, but they just don't get them with the same frequency that dogs do. And so it's just a very different, you know, we, we look at it very differently. But, again, a lot of dogs get prescribed crystal dissolution diets because people are finding some struvite crystals on the urine samples of an asymptomatic dog. Well, that dog, and as you know, the struvite-based diets can be very fattening. These dogs yes. are getting fat and obese. and I mean, it's just not good, and it's just unnecessary. Okay, this is really good. So rather than feeding a prescription diet, go to a vet who can work with you and, and help you help prescribe you the actual elements you need for your individual dog, should you, in fact, need them. It's not right. an across-the-board, oh, crystals equal Correct. this food. All right, right terrific. Good, good um, info to arm people with. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. 